0: Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons.
1: Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember not really a doctor, I just play doctor online, and as I said, at the end of last week's show, we were going to have a big event taking place, uh, in the course of this week, and that was on Thursday, our son Hayden, Amy's and mine, our son, uh, Hayden, um, we took him down to Mankato, where he will attend college, at, uh, at, uh, at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Um, a mere 18 years and 18 days after we brought him into the world. Where does the time go? It's just, it's it's crazy. Um, the day went fine. Earlier in the day, we the, uh, I took the day off of work. Uh, we had a 4.30 to 6.30 window in the afternoon to uh, get there and load up his room and get out of the way just they try to stagger that kind of stuff so that there's not so many people showing up all at once and so the plan was to drive on down and get there by quarter after four and meet up with with uh, uh, Sam that's Hayden's roommate a fellow he went to high school with meet up with him and his parents now Sam drives has his own car so he would be driving separate from his parents but they would be coming down together and that was the plan. So uh, I got, got up uh, at my usual time. I went over to my, my parents' place to borrow their car. Their car's a little bigger than our car. And their car isn't in the shop being repaired. Because <laughs> something else went wrong with the car. Remember when I said a while back when I got the car after the last round of repairs? And I said, is it fixed? I don't know. Well, apparently it wasn't. I'll touch on that in a moment. Actually, I'll touch on it now. Turns out it was the catalytic converter. Uh, it was filled with crap. Um, I guess this happens to some catalytic converters over time. Uh, I, so an employee of ours had when I was telling him what was going on with the car. It just kind of doesn't seem like it had power, and it seemed like it just it would I don't know like it didn't want to get into the next gear, and it's just it was weird. And uh, he said, well, it sounds like your catalytic converter is clogged. He says he, he called it a soot ball, soot ball. He says all that smoke and everything that comes off the engine goes through the catalytic conver- uh, con- converter, which has a bunch of you know, filters and such in there, and it kind of catches that stuff so that it minimizes the amount of emissions that come out of your vehicle. That's why it's on there. And he says that you can get something that starts off about the size of a marble, a little piece of soot in there. And it starts to just build up and build up and build up until it just clocks. And um, he says, uh, you, "You know, your it's, your catalytic converters are usually, you know, they're usually good for about ten thousand miles." Well, our car's got ten, or not ten thousand, a hundred thousand miles. Our car's got one hundred six thousand miles on it. So, and then it turns out, I got the call on the day that we were moving Hayden into his his dorm room. I got the call from the From the shop saying well we we figured out what the problem is and it's going to cost you this much money plenty and uh, you know but we will get it fixed and I said okay and so the next day which is today because we moved him in on Thursday we did pick up the car so we do have it back well so we didn't have the car available we weren't going to use the company van to drive all the way down there it's a two-seater for one thing and we just weren't going to do it and uh, so I borrowed my parents car uh, Dad almost expected us to be calling about it because he his car is a little bit bigger than ours and has a little more space for for hauling stuff. Uh, he didn't realize that our car was in the shop. So okay, plan was to get down there at 4:15. We got there at 3:15. <laughs> you know because we you know I got the car, I got back, I got I got everybody ready, and I said okay, at about at 10 o'clock in the morning at 10-ish, I want to go over to the credit union and get Hayden set up with uh, with a checking account so he has a debit card and has access to money while he's down there. And and so we got that taken care of and then we had some lunch and then we thought well what the hell, let's hit the road because the car was packed up, everything was ready to go so we just, we hit the road and got down there at 315, not a problem. The the, the st- There was a uh, student manning the, the parking lot and just giving out information and all that. We just pulled up and said, well, we're actually about an hour early, more than an hour early. And she said, well, that's fine. Just find a place to park and get yourself started. So we did. His room does not have air conditioning. And Thursday, the temperature got up into the 90s. And, of course, it was humid. So we were, ugh, it was a bit. And we couldn't fit the fan that we have for him in the car. So he says, don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about it. We'll get a fan. You know, Sam and I will go we'll get a fan if we need a fan. We'll go get one. So which they did. So we get everything pretty much taken care of. I mean, we just put like the fitted sheet on his bed and, on the mattress and you know, loaded everything in the room and then he pretty much said, "Okay, I'll take it from here." He was ready for us to go, but we hung around until Sam and family showed up, and which they did at about 5:15. They left at a time where they caught all the the traffic on the way down. We didn't, so we got through. Anyway, we got him in there and and then we, you know, after after everybody was secure, the, the, the two sets of parents we all left at the same time and, okay boys, you know, take care of each other and you know, we'll see you when we see you. Be sure to text. You know, so we head out um, and we went over to my my wife and I. Uh, we went over to my sister's and her husband's place. They invited us over for dinner. Now, I don't know if I've said this, but they both teach at that university, which is nice to have family nearby. I doubt Hayden will ever have either of them for teachers because he's not going in that direction, that's what they teach. So that was nice, and then we drove home. And uh, I had a Facebook friend who's the uh, wife of a friend of mine that I went to high school with. And she asked, she says, was it a a uh, happy and joyous drive home? Was it a quiet and stoic drive home? Or was it, a, was it a, a, a crying full of tears drive home? And I said, well, it was kinda quiet and a little stoic, but we did talk, you know, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, but we weren't exactly crying. We did laugh at a couple few things on the way home. And there were a couple of moments as, I, as we got closer to the, to the house where I'm driving, and I and I just, it just, it, you know, we were quiet at that point, and I just went, oh. And Amy says, what? I said, I had this, I just had this feeling of expectation that you and I are getting home from somewhere, and we're going to see our son. And then I realized, we're not going to see him. He's not there. And she says, oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I drive on for a little bit longer, and I do it again. I said, oh. And she's what now? And I said, I just realized that, I mean, I just, I mean, I knew it, but you know, you kind of realize it. There's a, there's like knowing it and then really, really knowing it. So it just, it just it hit me that the, when I come home from work during the week from the office job, uh, I always, almost always, would, would go in and go up to his room and sit and talk with him for about five minutes or whatever, unless he's taking a nap or, you know, he's not home or something. But almost every night, I go up, how's it going, you know, how'd your day go, how's mine go? you know, they have a little talk, and I realized, I'm not going to be able to do that, so I, um, I texted him, and I said, you know, is it okay if I text you at about that time each day, you know, it's just sort of to take the part of, of that, and he said, he said, yeah, and he says, I might not respond, and I said, well, you will eventually, and he said, well, eventually, so, um, Anyway, so they did go get fans. The two of them, they went and got a couple fans, and they got a couple other things, and uh, and they. He said he slept fine, and he's and it's just whatever. And uh, about, you know, at this point, about an hour ago, maybe a little less, um, Amy was feeling it pretty hard. Uh, she was she I. I spent a good deal of time just holding her in my arms while she cried she's just uh, you know she's just she says I know it's selfish but I don't want him to be away <laughs> and I said I know how it feels and it, but this is something that that parents go through um, I said your mom probably went through the same thing when you went to school and then she said how could I do that to my mom <laughs> we have to we have to we have to move on, and on. Move, you know, go. We have to, we have to do that. And Hayden was when we were leaving, he was ready for us to go. He wasn't like saying, "Okay, okay you know," he wasn't pushing us out the door. But he just, you knew, he he could, he was ready for us to go. Let me, you know, let the adventure begin. So, yeah. Hmm. It's just. It, it it's just it is surprising, how absolutely quickly it, it goes. Uh, Okay, well, that aside, let's get into the the meat of the show. And uh, I'm sorry, but it's going to be COVID-related. In this, before you hit that fast-forward button, it's going to be COVID-related in that uh, how to look at something and and give it a critical eye. Uh, When you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the other ones are, when you're on that stuff, and this this kind of information is being shared, memes are going around, little photographs with some quote put in there. I think you, I'm yeah, I'm not the expert on how to be skeptical. I'm trying. I'm just learning. I'm always learning, and I'm trying to apply what I learn. And I know that sometimes it's easier to accept a meme that just happens to fit your worldview, it's easier to just let it slide, even though maybe it's not accurate, than it is to accept one that doesn't fit your worldview. And you, so you look at it much, much more harshly. I know that. And I try to be aware of that kind of thing and try not to fall into that trap. But it's not always easy. Okay, so you know I talked about it last week there's the vaccine resistant the willfully resistant to getting the vaccine they won't do it you know they they you know for their freedom you know my rights are more important than your rights those people and i have a, a, a friend that i've gone from grade school on through high school i've known this guy not you know we didn't hang with each other that, that much, but we knew each other and would converse. He's a very nice guy and all that. But since graduating high school and since Facebook and the nature of where Facebook is now, uh, I've come to learn that this friend uh, falls for a lot of the conspiracy theory stuff. He's, he, and he, he shares stuff, and I just look at it, and I try to challenge here and there, but you know, I don't want to be too rough on the person and all that kind of thing. But sometimes it's hard, especially with this COVID, especially after all this time and how I said, and I still stand by this, uh, that, you know, any of the consequences that take place from here, any of the COVID related badness that takes place, you know, the shutdowns or anything like that, uh, wearing masks again, all this kind of stuff, anything that needs that, and the deaths that are gonna start piling up again, and the hospitalizations and all this stuff, that's the responsibility for that is the people that are refusing to get vaccinated. I don't blame the hesitant so much because there are reasons for their hesitancy. And if we can talk them around, we can hopefully we can. I mean, the people that are willfully not going to get it. And they will, as I, I assess my, my friend here, they will grab at anything they can to stay in that I'm not going to get the vaccine if this this backs up my reason for not getting it okay for instance now I realize this is an audio format I will have to describe this to you but never forget I do have my blog the show notes page go to dimland.com click on the show notes blog click on that and and you'll see the pictures that I'm talking about and if you're not going to the blog you're only getting half the show there's it's, you, you go to the blog, I spend three or four hours writing that thing every Sunday morning so you know, come on, throw me a bone here. Anyway, this friend shared something a photograph that was shared by somebody else is being passed around through social media and what the photograph shows is a is a woman holding a sign. Uh, she's wearing sunglasses. She has a, a smile on her face, some might say a smirk and she's wearing, scrubs you know the the blue scrubs with the short sleeves you can picture them right so she's holding the sign and written on the sign hand lettered with with a couple of markers one blue one black one black she's holding up a sign that reads 573 days face to face with covid patients while unvaccinated never got covid i have an immune system don't mandate my choices Well, let's take this apart. Let's examine how to look at this critically, what what I would say you should be thinking. Uh the first thing that I did, now this 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 is something that comes from my graphics background, working with Photoshop as I as I would do uh and that kind of stuff. So, first thing I did was I looked closely at the text written on the on that sign, the whiteboard that she's holding, and it, it just to look and see if it's it's if it's type that's laid out, if somebody uh, erased what was on the board using Photoshop and then put in something else uh, to replace it. To my eye, it doesn't look like that's what's been done. It does look handwritten. The letters all vary from each other. It's all it's written in all caps, but. There isn't any two letters that look exactly the same. There are typefaces available through your computer when you're laying out stuff that does look handwritten, but you know all the letters look like each other. You know, look like you know, like every time you use an A or an E or a T or an R, it looks like the same A, E, T, and R. Oh, I remember those letters. <clears throat> anyway, it so in this sign it doesn't have that, but I my first comment. My first counter comment to my friend who shared this was to say simply, anyone can put on scrubs and hold a sign. You know, by that I mean, you know, this, this could just be an everyday person, doesn't even work in the healthcare industry in any capacity at all, wants to put out this disinformation because they think vaccines are bad. And government's trying to control us for whatever their their conspiracy thinking is, and they they put this out there so well, people will think I'm a nurse or a doctor or you know somebody that works in healthcare, and they'll say, well, see, 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 all right. So there's anyone can put on scrubs and hold a sign. I made sure to point that out. But then let's think. Uh, you know, then I tried to see. You know, I did a I did a, a reverse search on the image to see if I could find if there if the sign itself was doctored and I just missed it, or or if this was you know, was part of a story or something uh, that might identify who the person is. I could not find anything like that. That's I think that's a little bit of a red flag there. Because it's like, well, you can't find anything that's, that says this person is what they're presenting themselves to be as somebody that works in healthcare. Uh, so, I couldn't find that. But that, let's assume she is somebody that works in healthcare. Now, it's been my experience, limited as it is, that anytime I've gone to a healthcare clinic or I've gone to a hospital, it seems to me that just about everybody who works there wears scrubs. The receptionist at the front desk, the doctor. You know, right all the way through that. It's, it seems that every person I see, is wearing scrubs. So maybe she does work in the healthcare industry, but she works in the mailroom. Maybe. So, I, I don't know. But then then I say, okay, let's say that she really is a, a doctor. And she happens to be one of those very rare doctors that comes out and says, yeah, you don't need the vaccine. But they, they do exist. They're very rare. So let's say she's that. Um, I did say I'll bet you if this is authentic I'll bet you she wore a mask in fact I would bet that and then I'll share this image uh, on, on the show notes page uh, and I, I found an image of a you know, uh, I, I googled um, uh, COVID uh, nurse doctor uh, you know scrubs or uh, ppe i I, I googled that kind of stuff to find an image and i found an image of somebody that's that's you know it's attached to a story about this person that i think that uh works in an icu unit for COVID patients this is part of uh, a whole spread or something that was done about uh, about COVID overwhelming again the uh, hospital rooms and i found this image of a uh, of a woman she is she is wearing a mask in fact, she's wearing, it looks like, at least two masks. Um, but not only that, she's got the scrubs on. Now, you can't see the full scrubs, but you can see that she's that the pants of the scrubs look like scrubs pants. She's wearing uh, a, uh, looks like a, a green lab coat underneath a smock. She's wearing protective uh, 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 uh Socks or whatever, whatever the stuff is that goes over shoes—the protective little sleeves that go over shoes, like you know, like the paper galoshes. Some she's wearing those. She's got gloves on. She's got a head, you know, something covering her hair, and she's wearing a face shield. Now this is, you know, this is how the healthcare people directly working with COVID patients looked before there was the vaccine. And i th- and it's what they're looking like now you see we and i know this is being like a broken record but we did all those things uh you know the, we the public not in the healthcare, but we the public did all those things like uh, distancing uh distance learning for the kids uh you know shutting down doing the lockdowns of restaurants and places where lots of people gather we couldn't have that happening and then wearing masks you know washing our hands for 20 seconds keeping a distance between other people all that we you know limiting our 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 ventures out to stores and such that we we could still go to we did all that stuff to keep from spreading the virus until we had a vaccine so now we have one and we're having this stuff happening again so that's why i've often said oh well, that's why i've been saying all the stuff that's happening now is the is you put it right on the shoulders of the people who willfully will not get vaccinated. And an image like what we see with this nurse or doctor holding the 573 days sign, you know, come on. Now, there's another red flag as far as, you know, that you should notice when looking at that person holding that sign. It says, I have an immune system. Now, there may be a few Rare nurses and doctors that would say something so inane as to say, I have an immune system. No shit. How do you think the vaccines work? See, nurses and doctors would know that. So saying something stupid like, I have an immune system tells me that this person probably isn't a nurse or a doctor. That's, I mean, I could be wrong, but it just it makes me question that. And then don't, don't mandate my choices. Come on. So if this person really was facing for 573 days, face-to-face with COVID, COVID patients, seeing what they go through, come on. I can't... I mean, it's possible, but I have a hard time believing that that a nurse or a doctor, seeing what, what they're seeing in these ICUs now, again, seeing this, I have a hard time believing they'll walk out saying, oh, no, don't mandate my choices. You know, and oh, I have an immune system. Every one of those patients, every one of those uh, of those face-to-face COVID patients that this person has seen for 573 days, every one of them had an immune system. Still do if they are still alive. Uh, another friend shared with in a private chat shared a link to some story saying that uh, some German physicist has found, has looked at the blood of uh, pe- uh, people who have gotten the COVID vaccine and has found some horrific things, horrible things in the blood. And I said, all right. First thing I asked was, it's it's a link to some site called rumble.com, and I asked him, is rumble.com a reliable source for you know, medical science news? Is it? And then I clicked on it and you get to, the, get to the link and it's two paragraphs promoting the video that's included there that they want you to watch. It's apparently some internet show with some guy named Stu who has a German doctor on there and she's telling people that, that there's bad stuff in the blood. I, I didn't watch the video. I didn't. Uh, I'll admit. And I said to my friend, okay, <laughs> no link to a study. There's, there's, you know, it's just some internet show. Uh, it's, I mean, who's, I don't know who the stew guy is. And if you consider that there are, have been nearly 5 billion doses of COVID vaccine distributed so far around the world, almost 5 billion. And we're not seeing horrific things in the blood of of patients we would be seeing so if, if, if it was as horrible as as is seems to be pushed by people that don't want you to get vaccinated we would be seeing it we would be hearing about it it's not this you know inferred you know like I guess Tucker Carlson just recently talked about a 47 year old man who got the vaccine and died within a couple of weeks but he didn't tell you that the guy died in a car crash had nothing to do with the vaccine but he didn't he left that part out uh, so i just i just said that to my friend i just you know it, it uh, um i said it's just not believable <laughs> it, i it's i'm not i'm not moved by this i uh, this is precisely what i wrote to him First, the link is to a video in which stew someone tells us about slides of alleged blood of vaccinated people. No link to a study. And since nearly 5 billion doses have been given globally so far and we've seen no widespread horrible side effects, I'm going to list this as probably bullshit. And he said that's a good quick debunk right there. It is quick and it's not thorough, but I've only got so much time. Uh, speaking of which, uh, my time has come to get to my first break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Jim Simmons. I'll return after this break.
0: My heart is out of control. This old love-struck soul just lives for the moment around. Station identification. You're listening to Talk
1: Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com.
0: Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network.
1: You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. <laughs> To Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm writing something down here so I don't forget to write it down later. Might as well write it down now, right? That's how you don't forget to do it later if you do it now. All right, speaking of bullshit, <clears throat> I've been noticing something. Uh, I watch a lot of clips on YouTube from, uh, I, I watch stuff from, well, it, all the lefty stuff. Uh, I watch uh, a video channel called Ring of Fire, uh, and the host of that is a fellow named Farron Cousins. And he also has another channel, which he calls Farron Balanced. I don't know why he has the two, but you know he just talks about political stuff and, and, and such uh, from a, a more left point of view. I watch the clips from the David Pakman show. He's also on the left. <laughs> I watch uh, Al Franken on the left. I watch <laughs> uh, a fellow named, I think it's Brian Cohen Taylor. I think it's his name. Uh, he, uh, he's he got a podcast called No Lies or No Lie, something like that, on the left. You know, I know, I know. I should be more fair and balanced, shouldn't I? Well, god damn it. <laughs> it's hard to watch the conservative stuff because they're so full of shit. <laughs> It's like you're just full of shit. I don't believe you. You know, and I believe, and I've been on the conservative side of things. I I've been there, and you know, and it it was different back in those days when I was. But you know, I just it it's I, it's what I see now is just it, this is ridiculous. But okay, whatever. And then I also watch clips from CNN, M M S B N B C. Yeah, I know. Again, I know, I know. But um, uh, uh, CNN has been, of late, dis- been deciding that you know what, maybe it's a certain time in the evening that they say, okay, you know, that we're we're sort of we're cable news, and why don't we, why don't we not be so worried about saying the word shit? <laughs> I mean, let's not throw it around. Let's not just let it out any time we want, but, you know, and or, or bullshit. That's even better, especially today, because there's so much bullshit. Now, bullshit has been around forever, but it's just so much bullshit. <laughs> and I was watching some clip of, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Don Lemon. He's one of the hosts of the opinion shows on CNN, and uh, he was talking about, I think, uh, Governor Ron' death sentence down there in, in Florida, and uh, I think he, he was calling him out on his bullshit. I think that's what he was talking. And he just said, "I just have to say what the way it is bullshit." He was calling him out, and I just went, "That's it's it's weird how I think that's refreshing." Now they don't drop f bombs. Uh, now, when they're showing this, the attacks of January six on the Capitol by the, the insurrectionists and the rioters and all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, the very peaceful people, you know, it was very pe- Most of them were peaceful. Well, most of them couldn't get into the Capitol, but the ones that did. Oh please, you know. So, and, and when they show the raw footage, kind of stuff, they they tell you we're not going to clean up the language. We want you to hear what was being said while the Republicans are trying to say, well, they were very peaceful and wonderful people. Oh, come on. You know, it gets annoying. We are through the looking glass, it seems. In a topsy-turvy land, whatever, however metaphorically you want to put it, it's just, it's so bizarre. So, um, hearing that, I think, that's kind of refreshing. And it reminds me of... You ever watch, like, In the Actors Studio or From the Actors Studio, whatever it was, it was hosted by this fellow named James Lipton, I think his name was, Uh, this guy that, uh, you know, colored his hair and his beard, which, if that's his his choice, it's his hair, it's his beard. But you know what? I never, I just, I, you know, for me, for me, I like the gray, and I'm going to let the gray come in. I don't mind. Because whenever I've seen a guy my age or older that's coloring their hair, and again, I mean, women color their hair, you know, and... You know, my wife will color her hair. Don't tell her. I told you. <laughs> but I, I there's there's something about it that when especially if if the guy goes black, that just doesn't look real. It doesn't look right. There's no variation of color within that black. And I know that can happen with people, especially when they're younger. But I don't know. There's there's usually a little variation of color, and it just doesn't seem to it. I don't know. It just. I don't know. Anyway, so James Lipton, you know, he did this actor studio thing, and he'd have actors on there, and he'd just kind of fawn on them a little bit. And um, he would ask them this question, what's your favorite swear word? And oh, I, it, it was almost invariably they'd all drop the F-bomb. And to me, I would say shit. I think for, it's it's not as off-putting as the F-bomb can be. It, as, note that I'm saying the F-bomb, I know I've, I've said it on the show here and there, but... Uh, I try not to do it too much. I don't know why. I just don't because I, th- I think it's a little more off-putting. But it's, I certainly, you know, don't mind saying shit. <laughs> and I think it's more expressive. I don't know. Uh, but speaking of that, uh, of James Lipton and all that, uh, I'm going to link to this. I got to remember to do it. Uh, there's a skit from Mr. Show, which was a what's it HBO comedy show. It's a skit show with uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Very funny. Some of the stuff they might not be able to do today because of changing sensibilities. But it's very funny. And uh, they, they do a takeoff of Inside the Actor's Studio where they go inside the actor. <laughs> and David Cross plays the James Lipton-type character, and he's way over the top. And I think it's, I think it's funny. And uh, I'll link to it so you can check it out. Okay, um... Now I need to uh, – uh, t- I'm going to take my next break. I know that was a little short thing there. I'm going to take my next break and before I get into this next thing because, uh, you know, these, these, these are fluid breaks kind of thing sometimes. So I'm going to take the next one. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim D- D- Fitzsimmons. I shall return.
0: To Z-Talk Radio On ZTalkRadio.com, You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild It's Dr. Dim on Dim Land Radio On the Z-Talk Radio Network
1: I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org.
0: We're the station that beats all the the competition
1: and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, that break was just not long enough. <laughs> Barely had a chance to sip my beer. Oh well, this is how the show goes and how it's gone for years. Okay, uh, a warning to you, to you sports baller people out there. A warning. I'm going to talk baseball now. Uh, I'm going to talk about something that happened a couple of weeks ago, happened the same night as the, was the meetup for the Minnesota Skeptics. So I missed out on most of it. I had to catch it through highlights uh, and, and news stories and talking about it. Uh, I didn't get to see the entire game because meeting up with my skeptic friends was uh, well you, know, it's more important. So okay. On August twelfth, just passed, uh, Fox new uh, uh, Fox channel, Fox channel, uh, Fox Sports thing, uh, they televised a special baseball game. It's it was a regular season game. It, it, it counted toward the regular season record and all that kind of thing. It was a, it was a game. Uh, it had a playoff atmosphere to it because it was such a, a special kind of thing. And what it was, was the Field of Dreams game. It was supposed to happen last season, but with the COVID, the season got you know no fans, and it was shortened to 60 games, and you know, when it normally is 162 games. Uh, so it didn't happen. So they, they made it happen this year. Now, it's based on, if you've been around, you've heard of the movie... Field of Dreams, which stars uh, Kevin Costner uh, as uh, Ray Kinsella, and uh, let's see, James Earl Jones is in the film, Amy Madigan's in there, she plays the wife of uh, Kevin Costner's character, and Ray Liotta is there, uh, he plays the ghost of the uh, of Shoeless Joe Jackson. And the film is sort of a, a it's somewhat of a reclamation of Joe Jackson, a a you know revarnishing his 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 reputation because he was one of the 8 men out there's also a film called 8 men out which was about the 1916 world series and the Chicago White Sox throwing that series i believe it was to the Cincinnati Reds they they threw the series they they the gamblers got to eight players and those eight players colluded and, 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 and played to not to their best abilities, played bad so that Cincinnati would win the World Series. Joe Jackson was one of the guys uh, accused of it. They were acquitted in the courts, but Major League Baseball uh, decided we need an office of commissioner, someone who's independent, who can make decisions to deal with this kind of thing. And they, they tapped this fellow named uh, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. He was a judge, and not a great judge. A lot of his, a lot of his decisions were overturned, but uh, he's a real showman kind of guy. And the the team owners thought this is a guy we can control, but it turned out they really couldn't. And when he came down with a decision on, you know, the, like the day after all eight players were acquitted in the courts of throwing the World Series, the day after that, I think it was the day after that. Uh, Landis announced that all eight players were completely stricken from baseball. They would never again play professional baseball, be involved with professional baseball. They were banned from the game. No no player can throw a game or any player that knows of a plot to throw a game but doesn't report it, they're out. Okay, so there's been lots of talk that Joe Jackson wasn't involved, that that maybe he was involved, but he didn't know what was going on and or he didn't really go in for it, I don't know. I don't know. So the film has Ray Liotta coming back as Joe Jackson, and then a bunch of other baseball players from the white uh, from that 1916 White Sox team. They come back, um, and oh right, where are they coming from? <laughs> okay, uh, um, Costner's character is a, is a farmer. They have a family farm. Uh, they're struggling to make ends meet. They're deep in debt, and they're, they're about to be foreclosed by the bank unless they sell the property and, and and Ray, the name of the character, doesn't want to do that and he's out in the cornfield and he hears this, this this ghostly voice whisper in his ear, if you build it, he will come. And so he starts he builds a baseball park right there uh, uh, he, he turns over a bunch of valuable land that had corn on it, and he turns it into a baseball field. Puts a little set of bleachers there, puts up lights for night games, and, okay, I've done it. And then the ghost of Joe Jackson shows up, and then it starts to build from there. So Major League Baseball wanted to pick up on that. So what they did was they built a park right next to the park that's still there, that was built for the film. It's still there, but they built a real nice professional one, uh with some corn in the outfield no seats in the outfield but corn out beyond the wall of the outfield and it was only seats from you know from uh, either side you know first base side third base side and around the back behind home plate 8,000 seat capacity and they were going to play a game there and and it turns out to be a very entertaining game again I wish I would have been able to watch the game but a very entertaining game uh, I was able to hear uh the eighth inning on my drive home and the top of the ninth heard it on the radio and by the time i got in the house and got the TV on I got to watch the bottom of the ninth so that's cool all right some of the observations about the game the play you know when when they start to get ready to you know to start the game they have this sort of thing happening <laughs> where you know so to build the you know, the myth of the game. Uh, they have they have Kevin Costner come in to throw the first pitch. He comes walking out of the corn in the outfield. The wall that they put out there was like, you know, they could move it away so that the outfield corn could be seen. So so Ray, or, well, Kevin Costner, comes out holding a baseball and starts walking toward the fans in the stands, toward, walking fo- toward the microphone set up by the pitcher's mound, or on the pitcher's mound. He starts walking in and and he's got this he's it's very quiet and they're playing music from the film over the PA and he's every now and then he'd stop and he'd look around as though as though he's hearing a voice and he gets to some point on the field and he stops and he turns and he looks back at the corn and now players from the from today's Chicago White Sox team dressed in throwback uniforms meant to look like the 1916 era uniforms and players from the hated Yankees Start to emerge from the corn, and they, you know, the the Chicago players, they come up and shake hands with Kevin, and they, you know, they all come, you know, they they line up, and then Kevin says a few words to the crowd, and then he, of course there's the line, is this is this you know is this heaven? And, no, it's Iowa, and but Kevin says you know to the crowd, is this heaven? And the crowd all cheers, yeah, and he says, I I ask you that again, is this heaven? And then they cheer you, up, yeah, louder, and I was I would have yelled, no, it's Iowa. But you know, I wouldn't have. And and so then the game takes place. the uh, The hated Yankees they take a lead at some point, but uh, but the White Sox, pretty good team this year, they they kick ahead, right? And it gets to the ninth inning. And I will link to this. Uh, the Major League Baseball channel on YouTube has the entire ninth inning available. So they go into the top of the ninth. Chicago is the home team here, so they bat in the bottom of each inning. So the Yankees are at bat, top of the ninth. The Yankees trail, I'm sorry, the hated Yankees, trail by a score of 7-4. to four. Uh, There's two outs against the hated ones, but a guy gets on base, and then Aaron Judge, the power hitter for that team, I mean, it's just an astounding hitter, he comes up. And he hits a home run, so that's two runs scored. So now it's now it's seven to six. Chicago still has a lead, but the hated Yankees are 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 smelling that they, they might have something going here. And those Yankees, I'm telling you, they could do stuff like that. They did it to the Twins all the time. Twins could have a lead going into the late innings, and the Yankees just come by and beat them. Part of why they're hated. Uh, so all right, so we keep you know I'm listening on the radio, and then. Uh, and, and this is with two outs still. There's three outs to an inning. So this is with two outs. So then another guy gets on base somehow. And Giancarlo Stanton, the uh, the, the man with the scariest eyebrows in all of baseball, he seems like he's a nice fellow and a very you know personable guy. And, and he's got a nice smile and seems like a nice guy. But he's got these evil-looking eyebrows. He just does. They're, they're at 45 degrees, and that makes you look evil. Just it just does, but he's still you know he's an okay guy I guess. Anyway, so he comes up to plate and he's not a slouch either when it comes to power hitting. And bang, what do you know? He hits a home run. Now the hated Yankees are up eight to seven. And this is when I'm I get home and I I, I put on the TV and I'm there. So so somehow the White Sox get out of the inning, and then they get in to the you know the bottom of the ninth. Uh, I don't know, I think there was one out or something, but they got a guy on, and uh, one of the uh, Chicago players, uh, Tim Anderson, I think his name is, he gets up to hit, and he hits a home run that's two runs scored, and since it's the bottom of the ninth, the home team goes ahead, they win the game. This is a walk-off win. It was great, and it was great for baseball. It was great for uh, uh, uh it's you just know, just because it was such a good game it was and like I said it had a playoff atmosphere to it even though it wasn't a playoff game it's just a regular season game just the but the atmosphere to it was really something and it was such a it was such a fun game I gather because I didn't get to watch the whole thing but that ninth inning that ninth inning so do yourself you know even if you're not even if even if you are a sports baller go ahead and watch that ninth inning it's it's That's drama and wonderfulness of baseball. It's just fantastic. What I love about it, and I hope I got enough time here. I do, but this does bring me to one of my yes. I got a I got an arg related to this game. All right, eight thousand seats available. To put this in perspective, the uh, Target Field, which is uh, the Twins' home field, Minnesota Twins, that seating capacity there, according to the internets, is 39,504. That's the seating capacity of Target Field. So you got 8,000 seats here. You can imagine those seats were a pretty premium ticket. Face value on those tickets were uh, three hundred seventy five dollars to four hundred twenty five dollars. That was the face value on the ticket. And with that the service charges and taxes and all that kind of stuff. You know. So if you're buying the five hundred twenty twenty five dollar ticket or four hundred twenty five dollar ticket, it might be like five hundred bucks with the service charges and all that stuff, right? For the ticket, for one ticket. But that's The secondary market on the tickets, StubHub, SeatGeek, their tickets, StubHub said that their average ticket price for that game was going for $1,400. SeatGeek said it was over $1,500 for theirs. That's a lot of money. And you know the seats directly behind home plate are the most premium. The front row, right behind home plate, the most premium of any seats in, in 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 most ballparks. I mean, there's the suites and all that, or ton of money and that kind of thing. But you know, for rich people. But it's the behind home plate, that that's for rich people too. So you know that those seats back there are big money seats. But let's go with the more conservative number. Let's say you know I'll go with the the, the four twenty five for those seats service fees 500 bucks okay let's suppose uh you know the person uh they said the tickets were sold to people from iowa and from chicago i'm sure there's some yankee fans that got tickets there and others but mostly to you know people in chicago which was a like a four or five hour drive away um and and uh, and people in iowa well, let's say that somebody from chicago you know gets two two tickets. Behind home plate, first row. That so you're you're paying 500 bucks each for those tickets with the service fees and everything. Let's just say that's you know just to be conservative, and you got to drive out there. You got gas. Maybe they have lodging. They got to eat meals. You know, so that's got to add some money to it. And if they get a if they get a hot dog and a beer, I mean that's like 90 bucks each. You know, it's, the, the money piles up. You could, for the two tickets and all the other stuff, you're looking at what. $1,500, $1,200, $1,500, right there. Let's just say that's that you're in that range, right? To sit behind home plate. Right behind home plate, there was a couple. I'm just going to say they're husband and wife. I don't know. They could have been brother and sister, boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't know. There's a couple. I'm just going to say husband and wife, just to make it simple. Wife is sitting there watching the game. The game is in the bottom of the ninth. There's a man on for Chicago. Tim Anderson's at the plate. If he hits a home run, wins the game. The Yankees are up uh, eight to seven. And you know the the ball is being pitched. Now the the scene. When I I watch this behind, you can see people behind home plate. That's one of the drawbacks of baseball. You can see the fans sitting behind home plate. And you can, and, and this is why it would leads to an arg. She's sitting there, she's got her hands in the praying shape, the t- you know, against her chin, and she's watching, eyes wide open. And then the pitcher goes into his motion, and as he does that, she she clasps her hands together, still having them against her chin, and the ball comes in. She's watching. Anderson smacks that thing out of the park. You know, he hits it. And as he hits it and the ball's coming off the bat, she's seeing it. Her eyes are widening even more. She leans over to her left, to husband. She's got one she puts her right hand on his shoulder. Her eyes never leave the ball. She's looking at the ball. She's watching, she's reaching over to her husband, like, Are you seeing this? And she's not, you know. And that's how you watch baseball when you sit behind home plate. Husband on the other hand, what's he doing? What's this guy doing? This guy who spent you know this this couple that spent, you know, I don't know, twelve hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars to sit behind home plate at this game? What is he doing when the ball is being pitched? No, oh, see what's on Twitter. No, yeah, look at my Facebook account. No, yeah, look at that. He's scrolling through his phone. I'm watching this what what are you doing? So when the ball gets hit, she sees it. She reaches over and she grabs his shoulder. He's starting to look up just as she's grabbing his shoulder because he hears the bat hit the ball. So you know something's going, so while she never loses sight of the ball, he has to look up and say, oh, where is it? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? It's like the wrong people have money. I mean, she does. She's not the wrong people. She's the right people. That reminded me of a playoff game uh, a few years ago. And behind home plate, there's a long stretch of rows. At one end of the row, is a is an older woman. Who was doing so much? She was. She was never, almost never, looking at the game. She's leaning behind her, She's talking to the person behind her, and she had like, I assume, her grandson. Do you have a juice box? Do you have enough study? Are you having a good time? Are you doing? It? She's looking and looking, and looking, and so all this game is going on behind her. She's sitting behind her plate, and she's, are you doing this? How are you doing? How are you doing? And then at the other end of the row is an older fellow who is laser focused on every pitch. I later learned. That was Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan is a pitching legend in baseball. He's a Hall of Famer and all that. Well, no shit he's watching the game. And the reason it's an arg for me is I would love to be able to watch a ball game from the first row behind home plate. And I got to look at this one Yutz sitting there What's oh, going on, Twitter? What's oh, going on with my phone? Do I have any text messages? What's going on here? You're at a game where you've spent a lot of money to be there, and you're looking on your phone. I can tell you, I can guarantee you two things. If I ever get the chance to sit behind home plate to watch a ball game. I will never sit there on my phone and wave to the camera. Can you see me? Can you see me? Yeah, I'm the one sitting behind the plate waving. Can you see me? Hey, hand the phone to Dad. Hey, Dad, can you see me? I'm on the TV waving at you. Yeah, that's me. I'm the one waving. (laughs) What's the score? I have no idea. I'm waving to you. Can you see me? I will never do that. And I will never scroll through my phone. <sighs> God damn. The wrong people, the wrong people, got money.
0: Good night,
1: our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. <sighs> I got a nice lather there. I'll shower off after this. Uh, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Wash your hands. Wear your mask again. Get vaccinated, please. Let's get through this. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dimfit Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. Has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us, us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. you would certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm, I'm going, going to hell. To hell.